The Buffalo Bills re-signed linebacker A.J. Klein. What does that mean for the draft plans? And it's also time for Herd Mentality, the weekly episode where you control the discussion today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you being here very, very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, the Bills brought back A.J. Klein, and we've got a lot of good herd mentality questions that I want to tackle today on the podcast. We'll pick up our positional previews for the draft starting tomorrow. We'll get back into it, probably focusing on edge rushers and of course, I want to get to some of the interior offensive linemen, safeties, at least one running back I want to talk about. So we got some more to get to the rest of the week. Speaking of the NFL draft, and I've gotten a few questions about this, what are my plans for draft day? Where can you follow along with my live analysis of the NFL draft? Well, I am going to be hosting a live broadcast along with Kyle Krabs on the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube channel. So head on over there, hit the subscribe button, and we're going to be live Thursday night for the entire event, Friday night for the entire event, and then after each round on day three, we'll also be there recapping what happened. So that's where you can find me on draft day, the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube channel. Me and Kyle Krabs, and then we're going to have all the other lockdown hosts kind of coming in, talking about their teams as well. But Kyle and I are steering the ship, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We've been given no rules. We get to do this however we want to, and we're very, very excited. All right, let's talk about A.J. Klein being back on the Buffalo Bills before we get into some of these herd mentality items. So the Bills re-signed A.J. Klein on a one-year deal. Don't have the terms of the deal, but I would assume it's the Brandon Bean special. One year, $1.7 million. A.J. Klein is 31 years old. He turns 32 in July. So this is his age 32 season coming up. Was a fifth-round pick back in 2013 out of Ohio, uh, excuse me, out of Iowa State, not Ohio State, Iowa State. And he's entering his 11th NFL season. So he's done very well for himself. Through those 11 years, almost all of that has been with Sean McDermott. When the Panthers drafted him in 2013, he was obviously there with Sean McDermott through the 2016 seasons, and then he was in New Orleans for about three years, and then the last three seasons with the Buffalo Bills. So seven of his 10 NFL seasons have been with Sean McDermott. A lot of familiarity there. The guys played in 144 games in the NFL, 82 starts. And over the last three seasons with the Bills, he started a total of 17 games. So a pretty familiar player. And as it stands right now, I have him penciled in as the Bills' starting middle linebacker. And to me, 
he's a get-by option. There's a baseline level of comfort that I get with A.J. Klein back in the mix that I don't have with Tyrell Dotson or Terrell Bernard. But let's not get crazy here. A.J. Klein's never been an impact starter. He's certainly not a long-term option. And so while I am glad he's back, it doesn't change much about my concern at middle linebacker, which leads to a question I've been asked by a lot of people. How does this move impact my thoughts for how the Bills should address the linebacker position in the draft? And it takes the urgency down a touch. I'm concerned, but I'm not quite in panic mode because I think there's at least a baseline player that can go in there that I have some level of comfort with. Not a ton of comfort. He's extremely upgradable. But a guy with that type of experience with Sean McDermott, being able to step in is a good thing. And even if the Bills do draft a linebacker high that you look at as the starter, A.J. Klein is going to be an asset to that player, which is good, right? Seven years of experience with Sean McDermott. You'd love to welcome that new middle linebacker into your building with that guy there to help onboard him. And so A.J. Klein's back. I think that's a good thing. But it doesn't really change my concern here. The Bills need that new guy, that new leader of the defense, the new signal caller, that guy that's going to get people lined up and communicate. That's a very important spot. And so while A.J. Klein eases the concern, it far from makes it go away. And I think if the Bills do draft a linebacker, A.J. Klein will be an asset to that football player. All right, we're going to get into the herd mentality items here in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So maybe you want to go in there and pick Peter Alonzo to hit a home run. We don't have to say Aaron Judge every day. I'm a Mets fan. We'll talk about Pete Alonzo. Maybe you're going to pick a pitcher to go over on strikeouts. Hello, Max Scherzer, right? You could build a single-game parlay for your favorite matchup of the day. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, let's do some herd mentality here. First one comes from Ryan. Ryan says, what do you think has prevented the Bills from adequately addressing pass rusher in the draft so far? Is it a commitment to a prototype that is less successful in today's NFL, an issue with scouting, or just the luck of the draw? Russo may be the exception, but with Basham and Epinesa both picked highly without much to show for it, it's confusing why Bean hasn't been able to spot pass rushing talent in the draft. I think it's a fair question and something that we should talk about. And so obviously we focus in on A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, second round picks, and them not really proving to be more than reserves. 
I think AJ Epinesa is a decent third defensive end, but Boogie Basham really hasn't performed at a level that makes you think that he could even be a defensive end three that you're really satisfied with. And if there's anything that I could consider when I lump together Epinesa, Basham, and even Rousseau, I like Rousseau a ton. I think he's going to be really, really good. And he's well on his way. I love the trajectory there. The missing elements to those players' game to me is twitch and flexibility. Those are all guys that are long-armed and can win more with power and effort more than twitch and flexibility and really having refined pass rushing skill in terms of using their hands to create rush angles and having the flexibility and burst to power through them and get through them. And so I think they've wanted this more compression style player that plays with urgency and power that can really collapse the pocket, challenge the width of the pocket, guys that can influence throwing lanes by getting their hands up, those types of things. But where are the guys here that can just literally dust an offensive tackle, win with speed, win with twitch, have that bend to corner and turn and get to the quarterback? That's what's missing. And that's what was really exciting about seeing Von Miller in this defense last year is because the Bills had that now. Now imagine if you had a little bit more of that. And so I think they've been a little bit married too much to length, power, and not as much concerned with twitch and flexibility. And I think that has contributed to, I guess we would call it a lack of success with some of these edge rushers that they've drafted. Next one here comes from Scarecrow who says, I share your preference of Jack Campbell as the best possible middle linebacker to draft and replace Tremaine Edmonds. One concern I have, though, is that I think Campbell projects almost exclusively as an in-the-box middle linebacker. He can drop into middle zones and come downhill to make tackles better than anyone in the draft, but when asked to make plays or cover outside the box, I think his skill set there is lacking. Edmonds' best trait was his sideline-to-sideline range. We would lose that with Campbell. So my question is, do you think McDermott would have to modify his defensive scheme to make the transition from Edmund's skill set to Campbell's skill set, and what possible changes could you foresee to make that work? I think it's a good question, Scarecrow. Um, I think I might be a little higher on Campbell's range and coverage ability than you are, and so we can distinguish that. Uh, but I, I recognize that it's a big drop-off regardless from Tremaine Edmonds. And to which I would say that Tremaine's coverage skill set in the middle of the field is unmatched. So no matter who is playing middle linebacker for the Bills, there is an adjustment needed due to that difference in range. Guys just don't get coverage depth like Tremaine can and where he can start his drops to where he can finish and obviously the length and size of how that increases his radius even more is really special. And so I think very simply put, you're not going to be able to ask your middle linebacker that's not Tremaine Edmonds to cover as much ground in coverage. I think we both agree that Jack Campbell's a better downhill take on player than Tremaine Edmonds was. And Sean McDermott talked about this a little bit in his press conference on Tuesday about that replacing the skill set and how 
the biggest things are really coming in with leadership, intangibles, communication. That's what he's most concerned with. And then obviously you're mindful of the skill set, what they do well, what they don't do well, and you evolve from there. But it really does come back to that leadership, communication, intangibles component to which I think Jack Campbell comes in from a very, very good vantage point, having been that guy for Iowa, an outstanding defense, being the defensive MVP, consensus All-American, working with Luke Keekley, all the stuff we've talked about that makes him an ideal fit for the Bills. And we've heard Sean McDermott specifically talk about Iowa and how they prepare players for the NFL and how he likes guys that come from the program. So I recognize where you're going with this, but I don't think it matters who's coming in unless that guy's Fred Warner or Shaquille Leonard, those types of guys, Roquan Smith, you're not going to have the same type of range. And the Bills will have to adjust from there. And that leads into a whole lot of ideas that I could have about three safety sets, about how you prioritize different rush skill sets. There's a lot the Bills can do there. But obviously, nobody's getting 20 yards of depth in a coverage drop like Tremaine Edmonds and having to carry a tight end down the seam and getting a hand on, on a pass. 40 yards down the field like Tremaine Edmonds can. That's the special ability that he has, and the Bills are going to have to adjust, and that's a decision that they made when they chose not to bring back Tremaine Edmonds or you know whatever the reasons were there, probably the money piece of it. Eli says, I've seen tweets about how scary the Bills' offense will be with DeAndre Hopkins, Steph Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakur, B. John Robinson, and James Cook. That sounds pretty and all, but what about the defense? If we don't have a good defense or a balanced defense, having those players won't matter much. What are your thoughts on that? Thanks for the pod. I'm loving both shows. Thank you, Eli. There's a lot of people out there that don't want the Bills to do anything to help the defense. There's people that say, figure it out on defense. You got a defensive-minded head coach. You've invested plenty of free agent dollars and draft capital on defensive players. Figure it out and just get all the offensive help that you can get. I don't agree with that line of thinking. I want a balanced football team. There's nothing more demoralizing than watching your favorite football team play and they can't stop anybody and teams can just score at will. Especially when they can run the ball on you. There's nothing worse than that. Remember that Colts game a couple years ago, that Eagles game a couple years ago? Nothing more demoralizing than that. And so I'm still a believer in being able to play offense and defense. And I think if you draft well and you allocate your resources well, you can have a top-tier unit on both sides of the football. And I also look at this, and, and there's a lot of assumption here that the Bills will get DeAndre Hopkins and the Bills will get Bijan Robinson. I would say that's pretty unlikely for them to get both of those players. And so I think that's just what people do this time of year. They fantasize about the what-could-be type stuff, and you want to get that cool graphic out on Twitter and put all the pictures of the guys on there and say, who's stopping this offense for engagement on social media? But that's not reality. So that's my thoughts on that. Alex says, would you be able to address this interview? And this interview is the DeAndre Hopkins interview. I'm not sure if you guys saw this uh, pretty popular, real video type thing that's come through over the last couple days where DeAndre Hopkins was presented with four different teams that he could play on next. And he just kind of reacted with a, with a facial expression on as to his appetite for playing for those teams. And it was 
if I'm not mistaken, the Patriots, Jets, Bills, and Chiefs. And he was not very enthusiastic about the Patriots and the Jets, but when it was the Bills and the Chiefs, you could tell he really perked up and wanted to play for those teams. And so Alex has asked me to address that today, and he also said, I thought I had read that the Cardinals potentially were going to cut or release Hopkins to avoid a payout at certain points. Is that accurate? And if not, have you heard anything more about the potential of a trade for him to augment Buffalo's wide receiver position and deny a team like Kansas City? So, first of all, I thought it was cool that one of the best players in the league over the last however many years wants to play for the Bills. That's something that I really enjoy. I like seeing Von Miller sign with the Bills. I like high-profile wide receivers wanting to play with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. That is something that's very cool to me and something that wasn't true for a long time, so I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, As for the whole dynamics with Arizona, if they will – cut Hopkins and make him a free agent and allow him to sign on whatever team or try to trade him. I think there's a a disconnect between what Arizona wants in a trade and what teams are willing to give up. I mean, Brandon Cooks was just traded for a five and a six. If they think they're going to get a second round pick for Hopkins, I think that's unlikely. And so I think those dynamics really do come into play with their situation and they could just outright cut him. And I think that means potentially more cap savings for Arizona. And that's a really difficult situation right now for the Cardinals. Um, Just based on Kyler Murray, their quarterback with a late season ACL tear, you don't know when he's back. I think it's one of the worst three rosters in the league right now. They got a, a weird new coaching staff, very inexperienced, a new GM, they less than a year ago, didn't they just extend all those guys, uh, Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and then have already fired their GM and head coach? I mean, it's a goofy situation in Arizona and has been since Bruce Arians wasn't there anymore. So I think they're looking to transition in a lot of ways. Part of that is moving on from Hopkins, and I think for them, the most important thing they can do is find some cap relief because I don't know that the draft capital will be there for them. Now, what makes a trade appealing for the Bills is you do get to get DeAndre Hopkins, right? You don't have to play the game where there's a chance he goes to the Chiefs. And so that would be the incentive to get a deal done so that you don't have to uh, have competition for his services. All right, folks, need to take a quick break here, but in just a moment, I got a fun question to answer from Jared about a surprising but realistic first-round pick that Brandon Bean could make in the, well, in the next week, right, next Thursday night. So give me just a moment, need a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, so let's get to that question from Jared. Jared says, what is the most surprising but realistic first-round pick you could see Brandon Bean making this year? This is a fun question, and I'll start by saying this. I think right now I could be convinced that the Bills' first-round pick will be any position except for quarterback and cornerback. I think everything else is in play. Maybe, Maybe not safety, but you could talk me into an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker, wide receiver, tight end, running back. You could talk me into all of it. So through that lens, 
I'm not sure much would surprise me. But the guy that I think really fits this criteria is Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. And I talked all about him yesterday on the podcast, so I don't want to repeat all of that. But as a tight end that could come in and really help the run game in terms of how he can block to be a true complement to Dawson Knox with a really different type of skill set to evolve the offense. That would be a surprising but realistic move. They've had him in for a 30 visit. They've done a lot of work on these tight ends based on reported visits and meetings that the Bills have had with players. So I think it's possible, but the reason it's surprising is because for all the other needs that I think this team has tight end two in the first round, that would still surprise me. That's my answer on that. Tony says, hi, Joe question for the pod here all the time. How offensive linemen are either strong run or pass blockers. What are characteristics of each and how teachable are those skills? It's a good question, Tony. And I think at the root of this, in that you have offensive linemen that are typically better at one than the other, is that they are very different things. When you're pass blocking, you are going backwards, and you have to stay in front of a very dynamic athlete that wants to get past you. And you're absorbing, you're mirroring, you're redirecting, you're absorbing that power and having to stay in front of somebody. It's a very different skill set than firing off the football and now playing forward and trying to create movement right? There's characteristics that matter in both regards, whether it's body control, bend, leverage, hand usage, footwork. Like there's things that translate to both sides of it, but I think how differently they contrast in terms of what those assignments are lends itself to guys being better at one than the other. So with that in mind, I I do like to think about what are the hard to teach or not teachable items to consider. And the thing that really stands out to me, I mean, obviously you can't teach guys to have longer arms. I mean, guys can maybe get more athletic. They can maybe get stronger a little bit. Those types of things can happen. But to me, it's just a natural understanding of angles. That's what's hard to teach. And that's something that I've actually had conversations with Aaron Cromer about is your ability to understand angles whether that's in the run game or in pass protection, how do you angle and position yourself to win a block? And that is something that is really hard for for people to, or for offensive linemen to be coached up on. That natural understanding of angles takes guys a very long way in the NFL. And so that's something that I've learned to be really mindful of when I watch offensive linemen is what is their natural feel for angles. And I think that's true for like every position in, in, in a way. If you're on defense, your pursuit angles, how do you rush? Like what rush angles do you take that position you to be successful when you're in coverage? What are those angles like in your drops? All of that. That's hard to teach. I think that's something that people kind of either have or they don't. Next one here comes from Dean, and Dean has a a fun question here. He says, okay, Joe, April 27th in Kansas City, and for some inexplicable reason, the first 26 teams missed their deadline and failed to make a pick. 
That means the Bills now have the first pick in the draft. Every single player is on the board. Who does Joe Marino take for the 2023 Bills? And who do you think Brandon Bean would take? I'm always down for a little galaxy brain situation. Well, part of this is going to be really fun because uh, I'm currently working on and, and getting close to finishing my Bills specific draft board. And so the in, the intent of that is for me to deliver for everyone a, a Bill specific draft board based on my own personal preferences in order of the players that I would I would pick them. So if you would literally just peel them off one at a time, the highest remaining one is the one that I would likely choose for the Bills. I mean, there could be some very similarly graded players where it com- could come down to positional value or uh, need those types of things. But generally speaking, that's what I intend on providing for everyone here in the next week or so. So that will answer the question for sure. But as of today, and I do reserve the right to change my mind, I would pick Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. I think he's the best prospect in the class, honestly, even more than the quarterbacks. I like some of these quarterbacks, but I don't think that they're better quarterback prospects than Will Anderson is as an edge rusher. I think he is a guy that is wired the right way, has the right type of makeup, football character. I liked uh, I like the disruptive nature of how he plays the game. They call him the Terminator for a reason. I think he's very disruptive, and I like that he's got room to grow. I think he's got areas of his game that can improve, and he's already extremely impactful. And so he's a guy that I just have a high level of comfort to come in and be a high-impact playmaker and a difference maker. So that would be my choice. And I'll be honest with you, I think it would be Brandon Beans too. I think it would be Brandon Beans too. You would you would have a case for Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. But the maturity stuff there is obviously concerning. And so that leans me or pushes me into that Will Anderson side of things. So that's that's what I would do. That's what I think Brandon Bean would do. I'd be curious what you think about that. So if you have a thought, if the Bills had the first pick in the draft for some reason, who would you want them to pick? If you're on YouTube, leave a comment and let me know. That would be fun to, to see some of the responses there. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, Tomorrow, we do plan on getting back into some of these positional previews, probably edge rusher. I need to get that one done. That's a big one. Uh, So hopefully that will uh, be tomorrow, and then we'll kind of keep working through them the rest of the week. We'll get to all the 30 visits and make sure that those players are all on our Bills-specific draft board, and we're just counting down the days until next Thursday when the Bills have their next big opportunity to get a building block for this roster. and so. We'll be ready for it. We'll talk all about everything up until then. We'll talk about it then, and we'll talk about it afterwards as well here on the Lockdown Bills podcast. So make sure that you are subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.